Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 877. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. Let's read the passage. Even though we are speaking this way, dearly loved friends, in your case we are confident of things that are better and that pertain to salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you demonstrated for his name by serving the saints and by continuing to serve them. Now we desire each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the full assurance of your hope until the end, so that you won't become lazy, but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. This is the book of Hebrews. It's a letter or a written sermon to a group of Jewish Christians. And the best guess of the situation is that they're tempted to leave Christianity, at least publicly leave Christianity, to fall back into Judaism so they won't be persecuted by the Roman government because Christians are being persecuted. And so they see Judaism as a safety place to go to to avoid the persecution. And the writer of this book is admonishing them, don't do that. Don't leave Christianity because there's really nowhere else to go. Christ is superior to anything else you could go to. Christ is superior to angels. Christ is superior to Moses. Christ is superior to the Old Testament priesthood. He is the great high priest on the order of Melchizedek. And they said, that's kind of hard to understand, but you guys really aren't equipped to understand that because you're still stuck in the elementary things and you need to move on to maturity. Then he gave a pretty serious warning about being left out by God. Now I pick it up in chapter 6, verse 9. Even though we're speaking this way, dearly loved friends, in your case, we are confident of things that are better and that pertain to salvation. So he's saying, I'm giving you some serious warnings. And he does. There's these five warnings throughout the letter. And they keep getting more and more serious. He says, even though I'm speaking this way, it's probably better for you. At least I'm sure of that. He calls them dearly loved friends. So that's no place you really see that in this letter. But obviously he does have a degree of compassion toward them. He knows them. He cares about them. So, been talking rough, but in your case, we are confident of things that are better. So I'm sure you're not as bad off as I'm giving these warnings. They're still giving the warnings, so obviously they need to uh, watch what they're doing. It says, and that, that pertain to salvation. Now, some people translate this as accompany salvation. So he's not talking about how to be saved. He's talking about the things that go along with salvation. He says, you guys are saved. You are Christians. You are followers of Christ. And there's some things that come along with that. In verse 10, he says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you demonstrated for his name by serving the saints and by continuing to serve them. So he says there's two things here that make me believe that things are better for you and better not just in my eyes, but better in God's eyes. One is God's character. You can trust God. He is not unjust. God is just. And secondly, 
their previous love and good works. He describes them a little bit here. We don't know exactly what he's referring to, but he says basically you've been working for God. You've been doing things for the kingdom, and you demonstrated these things by serving the saints, and you did it in his name. So you weren't just doing it to be nice. You were doing it in the name of Christ, and you served the saints. Now, whenever we run across the word saints, I generally pause just so we're clear about that. Who are saints and what does he mean? Well, the word saints here is the Greek word hagios, which just means holy. It's an adjective. And we don't generally use holy this way. It's uh, used in the place of a noun. We do it all the time with adjectives. If I said something like, God cares for the weak, well, weak is an adjective. It's describing something, but we use it in the place of a noun. So if we talk about the weak, well, we know what we mean. We mean weak people. So people is understood, but we'd say the weak. And it's the same thing here. He says the holy, the holy ones, the holy people. Who are the holy people? Those that are being forgiven of their sin and adopted by God. They are the holy people, so Christians. So when we see the word saints, he's talking about all believers, all Christians, not a special class of Christians, but anyone who has a relationship with God, who's been forgiven of their sins, is a saint. And they have provided care for other Christians. What have they actually done? We don't know, but things are getting rough, so maybe they're providing care for people who are being persecuted. Or it could just be they have a long history of providing general care for people who are in need. But the point is they have a history of caring for one another, caring for people. And he says, and by continuing to serve them. So it's an ongoing thing. It's a, it's a pattern of behavior for them. And God's going to remember that. God takes note of these things and will remember. Verse 11. Now we desire each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the full assurance of your hope until the end. Now he's been given these warnings, and the warnings are generally, don't fall away. Don't stop serving God. Don't stop following Christ. Don't turn back. Don't turn away. Persevere. And, and this is now this encouragement. Here's what I want you to do. Keep at it. Keep doing it. Demonstrate that same diligence like you have been doing. Keep doing it and until the end. Does it mean until the end of time or until the end of your lives? It's not clear. Just keep doing it as long as you're able to do it. And for the full assurance of your hope, I think you could probably reword this to say basically, live your life like you say you believe. And that's a challenge for all of us. We say we have a certain faith, but do our lives really reflect that faith that we claim to have? So they claim to have a faith. They've been living it out, and they're tempted now to back off. And the challenge here is, no, don't back off. Keep living out your faith. Keep living your faith out loud. Live like you say you believe. Verse 12, so that you won't become lazy. Now, lazy is just the opposite of diligence. So be diligent. Don't be lazy. 
don't fall back. Don't pull back. And then the rest of verse 12. But will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. But be imitators of those who do persevere. Now, he says you have salvation. You have salvation by faith. We need to pause, take stock of our view of salvation, at least how we generally view it, and the author's view of salvation. They're really the same, but it's more from a different point of view. Generally, when we talk about say it, salvation, we say, okay, I was lost, separated from God because of sin. I came to Christ in that I confessed my sin and experienced forgiveness of sin through faith in Jesus Christ. Now I am saved. Now, that's entirely okay. That, that is an okay view of salvation. But so often the biblical writers, they don't view it that way. They say salvation is by faith. Yes, it's by sincere faith. And how do you know faith is really sincere? It lasts. It perseveres. So how do you know if somebody just said something that seemed like faith or somebody really has true faith. Well, you really don't know until you see it persevere. So perseverance is the mark of true faith. And so often that's the view they have of salvation. So the challenge here is be imitators of those who persevere. Persevere is the challenge. Keep persevering. Again, how we often view things like even the word testimony. Somebody asks you to give your testimony. The way we often interpret that is, tell me how you came to Christ. Or if you were asked to give your testimony, you would say, okay, here's how I came to Christ. Well, what the writer of Hebrews would say, okay, no, don't tell me how you came to Christ way back when. Tell me what God is doing in your life right now. So it's not a matter of what you did back then. It's a matter of what you're doing right now. Are you living out your faith? That's the testimony I want to hear. We just had this pretty severe warning. Uh, the last passage we just looked at, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And now he's given the solution to that. The solution is to persevere. So don't fall away. Instead, persevere. And so we've got these five warnings in Hebrews. The first one was in chapter two. And the challenge was, listen to what God has said and obey it. And in chapter three, it was don't harden your hearts and miss out on God's blessing. Instead, persevere. And then we just had this warning, don't fall away and be put in perpetual time out by God. Instead, persevere. So we see a pattern here, maybe, that the solution to all these problems is to persevere. Stay strong in your faith. Keep growing in your faith and persevere. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Hebrews.